and welcome to Talkin' Oscars, a podcast about the celebration of film, handing out awards for art and beautiful people wearing beautiful clothes. I'm Zach. And I'm Irma. We are a married couple whose love of movies, celebrities, campaigns, and shiny gold statues cannot be contained, so we've decided to share our thoughts, opinions, cheers, and occasional jeers on Hollywood's biggest night. The 95th Annual Academy Awards is this Sunday, March 12th at 8 p.m., hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Did you know, Irma, did you you ever think, (laughs) what is, is, why do they call it Oscars? What is Oscars? You say it's the Academy Award. What is the Oscars? It's his name. It's the award's name. He has a name. Well, I didn't know that. I looked it up. It's a nickname for the statue. Yeah. And now we mostly call a whole show a nickname for the statue, and it turns out, where that nickname came from, hotly debated topic. Isn't it? Probably, um, I, I assume the statue had to have been modeled off of some handsome Wrong. actor. And that handsome actor was named Oscar. I think the statue was designed off something totally generic in some art deco movement. But apparently there's three possible stories. Three. Yeah. It was either the president of the Academy at the time said that the statue looked like her first husband, Harmon Oscar Nelson. Boring. An executive director of the Academy that thought the statue reminded her of her cousin, Oscar. Or a secretary at the Academy who found some passage from some thing that her brother said about some Norwegian war general, and that Norwegian war general was described as standing straight and tall. So I'm going to believe that last one because it's ridiculous. This all sounds so boring. Yeah, it is. Why couldn't it just be like some hot actor that they were like, oh, Oscar. I don't know. I want my Oscar. I thought those were fun facts. Either way, the Oscars are this Sunday, and we've got some thoughts and some predictions. We are going to run through almost all of the categories. The big eight we'll spend a little extra time on and discuss our thoughts. But for the smaller ones, I think we'll just briefly touch on some topics and give our predictions, even though some of them we have no idea, like score. I mean, I feel like it's hard to predict any of these, to be honest. I mean, sure, there's precursor award ceremonies, but like none of them really like reach Oscar level. So it's hard to really know. I'm confident. I think you're going to get all of the big eight. (laughs) Yeah, right. All of the big eight. No, I disagree. I probably uh, will be lucky if I get like a couple. We'll see, though. We'll see. Where should we start? We are starting with visual effects. And the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. I would say that there's an obvious winner here only because... James Cameron is in this category. But honestly, like, this could go to anyone. Like, All Quiet on the Western Front visually looks great. Like, the visual effects are crazy. I don't think this one is obvious, but I also think there's only two possibilities, and it's an interesting dichotomy. The award is specifically visual effects. So do we honor a movie that's completely fake? in Avatar The Way of Water, or do we honor something that's almost completely in camera and there weren't that many effects because they just filmed it all? I know. It is actually pretty amazing. And of course, I'm talking about Top Gun Maverick. 
on in the latter. I don't think All Quiet is uh, interesting, but I don't think it has a chance. The Batman and Wakanda, no way. I'm saying Avatar Way of Water. What's your final pick? I'm also saying Avatar Way of Water. Give it to Big James. I feel like Top Gun could be something else. Best use of cameras and cool stuff. Hmm. Next, we have production design. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and The Fablemans. And this is where I think we hit a bit of a run for your boy Austin. Really? I'm kind of thinking it could be All Quiet on the Western Front. I don't know. The trenches and all of that looked crazy good. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, that's my, that's my pick. All Quiet on the Western Front. I'm saying Elvis gets all of the kind of artsy behind the scenes stuff. I mean, you're probably right. But All Quiet, the fact that it was nominated for so many things, maybe it actually will win some of this, especially all the explosions. So production, sure, is a possibility. Yeah. But I'm saying Elvis. Next up in the same vein, costume design. We've got Babylon, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, which I don't know what that is. <laughs> All right, here I have Elvis. I feel like it has to be Elvis here. It's Elvis. Yeah, there's no other. There's going to be a weird stretch, and then we're all going to get a little concerned about Best Picture. <laughs> no, that always happens. Makeup and hairstyling. The nominees are... All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. I also have Elvis here, though The Whale could squeak it out. You I was never about know. to say, I kind of forgot about The Whale with makeup. So I was like, obviously, they're doing up all Elvis, making him look like Elvis and all the time period and every people. I mean, he looks great. They all do. It, yeah, it's crazy. And also, there was a fat suit in. Elvis as well with Tom Hanks's character, so. True. Mm, I thought Elvis was going to take all of these. No, but I I'm think gonna it's say Elvis. The whale. I'm going to say the You're whale. You're switching. I'm switching for Real this time. one. time, okay. Literally the whole promotion was about how difficult it was to do these prosthetics. Yeah. They love prosthetics. Now we move into the music. Music, original score, all quiet on the Western Front. Babylon. The Banshees of Inishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and The Fablemans. This one's pretty hard for me because I don't really know how anybody judges a film score. Yeah, I agree. I really don't have a clear answer on this. I mean, my inclination is just to go with John Williams because it's John Williams and he did The Fablemans. So I think that might be <laughs> my pick just because of John Williams. For me, I'm going a little left of center, and maybe this is when we start to realize that Everything Everywhere is definitely winning at all, because I'm going with that and Sone Lux, who did the score for that. That's a, like an indie band, so they went super hip, even cool. with their scoring choice. So it's honestly like when Fincher first used Atticus Ross. Yeah. And Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor. Next, we have original song. The nominees are Applause by Diane Warren, Hold My Hand by Lady Gaga, Lift Me Up by Rihanna, 
Natu Natu from RRR. And this is life from Everything Everywhere All at Once with David Byrne and Mitski and a bunch of people. So I think for me, the winner is Natu Natu from RRR. So I do have to say, I'm very excited for this category at the Oscars. I believe, I don't know if all of them are performing, but I know some of them are. Like, I believe Natu Natu is performing. I believe This Is Life is performing. Um, Stephanie Shu and David Byrne are performing the song. Um, and then I'm not sure about the others, but I hope Rihanna is there performing Lift Me Up. I think they give it to Natu Natu on this one. It's kind of been the, the major staying point for RRR is that song. It's and so because fun. they made a whole thing about flying out if they got nominated and performing it. And unless not enough people really know that story and it's very possible, there's a lot of voters. And then in which case they might just go with, I don't know, the song from Top Gun and give it to Lady Gaga. She's very famous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one thing I did want to say, and this isn't necessarily the song that plays in the credits. I was just about to say, yeah. But the Wakanda Forever score by Ludwig Gordonson, which didn't get nominated for best score, I thought was fire. Yeah. I remember thinking, I don't really want to praise the only white person involved in this movie because there's so much more to celebrate, but damn, Ludwig killed it. Ludwig is so <laughs> good. Yeah, because he did what? The first two um, scores for The Mandalorian. He's just, he's amazing. He's yeah, he's, really he works good. with Childish Gambino. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, and also like that's a thing that I don't like is when these songs are just playing during the credits. I feel like they really should be like in the movie or integral to the movie somehow. Yeah, an argument as old as time. Uh, a song, a best song that accompanies a movie versus best song that's in a movie. I, I mean, it would significantly lower the amount of things that could be nominated. But yeah, a I'm definite argument. not saying they argument. have to be like performed in the movie, but like I think the Lift Me Up the song in Wakanda Forever plays while maybe like I think one of the funeral processions uh, like yeah. like I'm just saying True. like it's like it's in the movie like it's used for like an emotional beat I suppose yeah I'm not sure I feel like the Top Gun one is just the credits song, yeah right? another one that we are ill-equipped to talk about but we're gonna do our best and put in our best guess is film editing and the nominees are the Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis Everything, everywhere, all at once. Tar and Top Gun Maverick. I have no clue. <laughs> Another interesting one of how do you judge it? Everything, everywhere, all at once feels like a fairly obvious choice. It's. I agree. But then I'm going to talk about this a little bit, the writing. But do you judge film editing on just how much they cut? <laughs> it's like all the fast cuts and stuff. Is that what makes good film editing? Or is it? Just knowing when to leave a scene longer, you know, it's weird to yeah. even think about how do you judge best editing? I know. I'm thinking Top Gun Maverick just because, I mean, it's unbelievable what they do in the movie. But I don't know. Do people want to vote for that? You know, like it could be Tar. <laughs> hey, go out on a limb. Pick one. I'm picking Top Gun Maverick. I'm going to say everything everywhere all at once. But again, if Elvis wins this, we're <laughs> in trouble. Or not. Yeah, actually, this is a pretty big indicator, right? That would be a weird one. Oh, shit. Should I pick everything everywhere all at once? No, you Maverick. Well, usually I want to say, I don't know if this is super accurate, but I feel like I heard once 
that whoever wins film editing is usually hand in hand with best picture. That feels vaguely familiar to me as well. So maybe I'll switch it to everything everywhere all at once. We'll accept your switch. <laughs> okay. Next we have international feature film and the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, Close, EO, and The Quiet Girl. I feel like of all of these, All Quiet on the Western Front got such a big push recently. So I think that can literally be the only thing. I mean, RRR is not in this category. And if it was, I think I would be torn between the two. But I mean, out of all of these, I think I have to go All Quiet on the Western Front. Hard agree. It's nominated the most. Uh, Argentina 1985 won something though, right? I don't remember. I can't remember. It definitely did. But yeah, All Quiet on the Western Front, easy. And might even be, after getting nominated for like 14 awards, might be the only one it actually wins. Yeah. Um, do you want to know something weird about this category? Yes. Is that since it's the country that submits for this, it is the country that actually wins the Oscar. So the Oscar doesn't go to the filmmaker. I only just learned that this year. I feel like that's bizarre. It is bizarre. I do actually see that. I'm looking at the official Oscars ballots and the, all of the other ones said the names of the nom nominees. And this one just says, all quiet on the Western Front, Germany. I know. I just find that so strange. I mean, but the people that accept it are the producers and directors. Yeah, but they don't get one. Or maybe they get a statue. They go home I with don't a know. statue. That seems weird. Yeah. Well, it's like the each country's film academy. Because, like, there couldn't be two Germanys on here. They had, they have to pick Yeah, I know, I get that. But yeah. why should Germany get the Oscar? I don't know. <laughs> Next category, animated feature film. The nominees are Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. I loved Turning Red. Truly, I really did, but I do think it's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Another lock. Top of the list of the nominees. Easy peasy. Yeah, I feel like you can't have Guillermo del Toro in any category. <laughs> He'll just win. It was a beautiful movie. Yeah, and I liked his take on An it. An adult theme. It looked cool. Mm -hmm. And you could tell that he put a lot of care into making it. And the final not top eight category could probably be considered a top nine if you wanted to stretch it, is cinematography. And your nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. So I'm definitely not equipped to um, speak on cinematography and everything that goes into it. All of these movies look beautiful. Uh, at least the ones I've seen, I haven't seen Bardo. My inclination is to go with All Quiet on the Western Front. Part of me wants to say that this is Elvis again. I think people like Elvis. <laughs> Do you like Elvis? No. It sounds like you really no, like Elvis. No, but I just feel like it's nominated for all of these things. Why? Yeah, that doesn't mean much. I, it could lose a lot. I'll go with All Quiet. Also, one interesting tidbit is Empire of Light. The cinematographer is Roger Deakins. This is his 15th time being nominated for Best Cinematography. A bit of a legend. And much like Best Original Song, that Diane Warren gets nominated for songs, even for movies that are not involved in anything else in the Oscars, 
This one feels like a Roger Deakins got nominated for Best Cinematography because everybody knows his, his name and Empire of Light is here instead of, I don't know, Top Gun. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. And now we enter what I'm calling the Big Eight, even though I think in the show they do the writing first. <laughs> yeah. No, I think in the show they do supporting actors and actresses. Actually, I think you're correct. They start with the more famous people, but writing is definitely early. Yeah. One thought I was having about best screenplays is it often seems like it mostly awards best dialogue, which feels like a different award. And I don't know if that's just a lazy, obviously the the words are the most impactful or impressive. So yeah, best screenplay. But the screenplay is so much more than just dialogue. I mean, sometimes, not all of them. It depends on who's writing the screenplay. Yeah, I think it's very often, though. Uh, I forget what interview I was listening to, but like the person who was wrote the screenplay had every action, every movement in the screenplay. And that's pretty rare, I think. I don't think a lot of people do that. Yeah. Well, that person had to be very well established or directed their own yeah, screenplay because no one would ever accept that. <laughs> yeah, I guess no director would. Yeah. As a boy that slightly, slightly, slightly dabbled in looking into screenplay writing, you had to be as simple as possible. Just an interesting thought. And I think that will definitely be taken into account with the winners in these two categories. So to start it all off, best original screenplay is the Banshees of Inishirin. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness, which can get out of here. I really have no idea. Yes, you do. I know. I think, um, I'm sorry, what's the guy who wrote Banshee's of Sharon? Martin McDonough. Yeah, I feel like the Academy loves him, loves rewarding him. I think he's been winning a lot for this exact category. Todd Fields, who wrote and directed Tar, I almost feel like this could be a good award for him to win because I don't think he's winning director. And I'm not sure if Kate Blanchett is winning. Spoiler alert for my future pick. <laughs> the Fablemans, Steven Spielberg wrote that with Tony Kushner. We should say Tony Kushner has never won an Oscar, which is boggles my mind. Everything Everywhere All at Once that was written and directed by both of the Daniels. And they have been winning, right, in this category as well? Or has it just been the Banshees of Inisharan? I'm not sure. What are you thinking? I think it's an easy win by Martin McDonough, but it is interesting. So Tony Kushner was nominated for Lincoln and Munich, and now this, all with Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and he's never won. Lincoln, That how does that not win? It's crazy. And Todd Field... People in the industry seem to like him. He makes movies like once a decade. Yeah. Tar is certainly well written. It kind of has both of what I, it has some great dialogue. Obviously, she goes on 15 minute diatribes, yeah. which are impressive. Well, it's also a little polarizing Tar, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think this is where Banshee's the only potential win for Banshee's is okay. original screenplay. I think you've convinced Lock me. Lock it in. Then we have Best Adapted Screenplay. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. I do find adapted screenplay kind of funny because a lot of times it could be adapted off of a book and that's what makes it adapted. 
But the fact that Top Gun Maverick is adapted from the first Top Gun, I find uh, kind of funny. And same with Glass Onion, because it's a sequel, it's adapted from the first movie. So I just think it's interesting that both of those movies are in here as adapted. I'm honestly not sure. This could be a good category for women talking to win, because I don't think it's getting literally anything else. But I don't know. It could be All Quiet on the Western Front. I mean, that's quite a famous book that I know a lot of people have read in school. And it was it was a good movie, even though like it was pretty dark. What do you think? I think once again, easy win for women talking. Okay. This is kind of the crux of when I was looking at the nominees of women talking is literally two hours of people talking basically directly to camera. It literally has talking in the name. Yeah. And that will be celebrated. I think it's also about something quite noble. It made me think about All Quiet on the Western Front and, well, A, the dialogue is in German and French, but that screenplay is, is insane. Like all of the, I don't know where the screenplay ends and just filmmaking begins, you know, how you make that difference. So that's where I was like, oh, it, it's just, it's dialogue. So it's Banshees of Inishirin and it's women talking. And I think it's fairly easy, but maybe I'll be wrong. Okay. Maybe people really like Ryan Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I would say of the two Knives Out, I like the first one better than this one. Like it, this one was good and it had like, if you watch it on a second time, it had like a bunch of things that you catch the second time watching it, but out of the two, not my favorite. Next, we have a potential very fun one. Best Directing. And your nominees are Martin McDonough of The Banshees of Inishirin, The Daniels of Everything Everywhere All at Once, Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans, Todd Field, Tar, and Ruben Ostland of Triangle of Sadness. I think... Everyone wants to give this to Steven Spielberg, like in theory. I didn't love The Fablemans. It was a good movie, sure, but I didn't think it was great. I do think what the Daniels did was kind of revolutionary in a way. And I just think the Daniels should win this. I agree with you on your assessment. Apparently, Steven Spielberg has been campaigning, though. And he has been out there crying and talking about his life. And I think his reputation sounds like almost like if you hear stories about Bruce Springsteen in the studio, where he's a perfectionist and he'll spend at least very early in his career. He got a big reputation for this. He'll spend hours and hours and hours just to get one guitar stroke, right? Like everything mattered. And I think for the most part, Steven Spielberg was very similar in every movie before this. And now this one, since it was so personal to him, there was less of a methodic undertaking to this directing and more of feeling. At least that's what I'm hearing. And that seems to be the story that he's pushing out. He's also been nominated so many times for best director. I mean, he's a legend, an absolute bona fide legend, potentially the best director ever. Has he won an Oscar? I believe he has won, right? Best Director, Saving Private Ryan in 99. He also won Best Director for Schindler's List in 94. And that's actually it for Director. But no Best Pictures for him. Schindler's List was also Best Picture. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I would say... A similar story, though. Sorry to cut you off. 
but before the Fablemans, his most personal movie and the one he probably cried about a lot, obviously for obvious reasons with Schindler's List. So the campaigning, who knows? The Daniels have been winning all of the other things, though. Yeah, I mean, two very different movies, to be honest. Like, it's hard to really compare. I don't know. Not not that different. It's about young people making movies. So the Fablemans is a bit more on the nose about a young guy making movies and turning into a legend. And the Daniels are young guys making wacky movies. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely Steven Spielberg's most personal movie. Or, I mean, every movie he makes is pretty personal. But I feel like this is the one that he wants to win for the most. Do I think he should? Sure. Nah. But I... I'm rooting for the Daniels here. Yeah, let's give it to the Daniels. One thing I was thinking recently was, is this too much for them? They were two indie guys that came out of music videos, made one very weird movie with Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe. And then made... And Paul Dano. Then made a more relatable, crowd-pleasing, still really weird movie. And now they're at the top of the mountain. What do they do now? They're no longer the underdogs. If they win all this, they're no longer the underdogs. I can just, it's almost, can they do more or does it put them in a box? I don't know. I'm a little nervous. I mean, they're young guys. Like, I think that's okay. Like, I think they'll definitely have long careers. I mean, what's his face? The guy who did Pulp Fiction. Didn't he win an Oscar pretty early? No, he never won. Quentin Tarantino won Best Writing for Pulp Fiction. That's kind of what he's always up for writing. He was nominated for Best Director for Pulp Fiction in 94. I guess it's similar, honestly. You're right. I just thought of that, and I was like, what's going to happen? Hopefully they don't take too big of a jump, and then they make something like, eh, not so great. I I mean, they'll probably sell out and make some Marvel (laughs) movie. Like, I mean, sure. Why the hell not? Why don't they deserve to get paid? You know what I mean? Oh, they can get paid, but they could stay. But I also just feel like we shouldn't have to, like, knock them for that. You know, like, they, I mean, why can't they do, like, they'll, what what is it that people say, like, one for them, one for me, you Mm -hmm. know? And, like, maybe they'll be in that position where they can actually do that, which, you know, good for them. Like, I want them to have, like, long-lasting careers. And if making, like, selling out, quote-unquote, is something that they think they need to do, then by all means, do it. I mean, I'm not judging. I'd love to get millions from Marvel. (laughs) Maybe they'll just go back to making music videos. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think there's much money there. So we're both saying the Daniels are taking this. They're going to be all smiles, huh? I hope so. Now the big ones, the acting awards, starting off with best actor in a supporting role. Actually, first with the acting, do you want to talk about the gendering? Because I think it's very interesting. And the SAGs have done away with it. Yeah. And at this point, it's so, it's 95 years of saying actor versus actress. And it really doesn't make sense to me. It never has. The argument now is, I guess the argument actually always had, has been, unfortunately, that if they did it, it would be like nine guys and one girl, like Kate Blanchett and all the boys. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's the only reason why I like it, um, because it forces us to have at least a woman and a man win. But yes, like if a nine binary person was to be nominated, yeah, where would they too. go? That's what would kind it's of suck happen. that they would have to like choose 
essentially like um well i guess they write a non-binary so a, a so, trans person would just go with how they identify but someone well, that even, doesn't identify um the woman from um house of the dragon emma darcy identifies as they when emmys come around and what they want to nominate them where would they go actress it's gonna happen also i mean sure they're because gonna be nominated they i assume portray a woman yeah. in the show but it is, it is like now, yeah, it has to be discussed. Yeah, it would have to be a discussion for sure. Which is odd. Yeah, like you said, it's nice that we can always guarantee an even distribution of men and women. But when you're comparing art, it's not it's not like athletics where it's like basketball teams. It's just it's not going to be an even playing field. Well, also like but this is just art is acting like how is Kate Blanchett any different than Colin Farrell other than their gender? No, absolutely. And also, like, when you look at the rest of the other categories, it's not like they have best female director, best male director, right. you know? So it is, yeah. But at the same time, we hardly have any women, ever. I mean, we don't have any women directing this year. Yeah, directing is of, banned. Well, I'm just saying, like, in most of these categories, which kind of sucks, you know, but maybe we would have to forcibly do that. But then you would have to make the categories, like, 10 nominees, I think. Yeah, oh, definitely. Rather than five. I also think this year would have been an interesting one because at least for act, actor, actress, uh, lead actor, actress, mm -hmm. I think there would actually be more women this year because the, the male roles aren't That's great. true. I agree with that. There's three that kind of stand out. And then, although I guess Andrea Riseborough snuck in there. So maybe there's not enough for to do 10. I don't know. I don't have like a clear answer. Yeah, I think it's it's not changing anytime soon. But if we're still doing this in 25 years, I can't imagine we're still going to be doing actor and actress. Yeah. We'll see, though. I don't know. I like having awards be given out, though. Um, the more awards, the better to me. That honestly. is also an argument that it would take two awards out. Yeah. But there's an... Another argument that they can incorporate other awards that certain other shows do, like best first feature. Yeah. And I think they role, should, to be honest. Young. Yeah. Like do it by age. Give the, the young people some shine, like under yeah. 15 or something like that. Uh, I don't know if kids should be winning Oscars. Yeah, that's my personal opinion. Though, right? Yeah, but that's a sag. They would definitely have to introduce, I think, two more categories to make up for that. I agree. The Indie Spirits do best first feature, which is a cool yeah, way I like to that. honor uh, a up-and-coming filmmaker but also that's the point of the indie spirits is to celebrate up-and-coming where the oscars is like you've made it basically mm -hmm. interesting topics to ponder we'll see what happens in the next decade we'll still be here doing the show <laughs> hopefully and back to the awards for best actor in a supporting role the nominees are brendan gleason from the banshees of inishirin brian tyree henry from causeway Judd Hirsch from The Fablemans, Barry Keoghan from The Banshees of Inishirin, and Kiwi Klan from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Here, I think there's only one answer, and it's Kiwi Kwan. He's been killing it. It's the lock. It's the lock of the entire awards. I think we can predict a lot of these things. This is the one that it's not even a question if you look at the Vegas odds, it would be ridiculous. You'd be an idiot. I was just about to, to say, should we put else? all of our money on Kiwi Kwan winning? No, because we'd have to put like $20,000 <laughs> to win $20 probably. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's he's won everything. Everybody loves it. I guess except for the BAFTA, right? Was Barry Keoghan. 
Yes. That's a very British thing, and that's fine. I I like him. If there had to be a second, it's it's Barry Keoghan from the Banshees of Inisherin. So? But also Brendan Gleeson. How do how do we celebrate yeah, Colin Farrell Gleason, so much? Yeah. yeah. Either of them. I, but then also, I guess they end up splitting. Yeah. What people loved most about Banshees from a supporting spot, and it's just Kiwi Kwan. It's the best story. He's been given all the speeches. He's crying. He's gonna cry again. I know. I'm so excited for him. He's so cute. Short round for an Oscar. Wild. Great stuff. We love seeing it. Next up, we have Best Actress in a Supporting Role. The nominees are Angela Bassett from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow from The Whale and The Menu. Let's be honest. <laughs> Carrie Condon from The Banshees of Inishirin. Jamie Lee Curtis from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And Stephanie Shu from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, so my prediction here is that Angela Bassett will win. I know she hasn't won very much leading up to this, but I still think that's okay. The only person I could see coming in and possibly beating her out is Jamie Lee Curtis because she is so beloved by people in the industry. But I do think it's Angela Bassett did the thing. <laughs> I also think it's Angela Bassett. We are in America, baby, and we love us some Angela Bassett. I actually don't think that Jamie Lee Curtis is number two because either way you parse it, they both did a great job in their movies, but these are career awards. We're giving Angela Bassett the award for everything she's done in cinema and everything she is. I mean, it would country. be, same, for It'd be the same thing for Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis. So if you're making the same argument, it's going to be Angela Bassett. I think the competition is potentially if you're just thinking like, wow, that was an excellent performance by Carrie Condon. And she was the only woman yeah. in this this house of men yeah. uh, holding her own and and I mean, she was great. Given the emotion. Yeah, I don't see her winning. Personally, I don't. Probably not going to happen. Just thought yeah. I'd bring it up. Yeah. Angela Bassett all the way. Great stuff. I honestly, I wanted more of it. I think I've said it in the past when we've talked about Wakanda forever. I wanted more of that sad Angela Bassett thing. He, di he died. It was really sad. And she, she carried those parts of the movies. Spoiler alert. She dies too. It's going to be so sad. That's it. She'll probably give a fantastic speech. And she's stunning. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to see what she wears. She always has like the greatest outfits on. Now the moment you've all been waiting for. The big three to close out the night. We will start with best actor in a leading role. The nominees are Austin Butler <laughs> in Elvis. <laughs> Colin Farrell <laughs> in The Banshees of Inisherin. <laughs> Brendan Fraser in Who's The Well. I don't know. That was me trying to be fat. <laughs> no. Oh my God, Zach. <laughs> so if anything, you should have done his... Uh... His airheads voice or something. Oh, yeah. Paul Mescal. And after Sun, that was me trying to be very silent. And Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah, Bill Nye. This, this is it. This is a big one. This feels like the heavyweight fight of what's going to happen. We can say, I love Paul Mescal. And after Sun was great. And we actually haven't even seen Living. I think uh, it's kind of only on here because of Bill Nye. But we all know it's. It's Elvis versus the fat man versus the Irish career legend. 
And it's an interesting one. I think it's it's anybody's game at this point. They've all won different things. It's not I as know. clear as like Kiwi Kwan's that just has won everything. It really isn't clear at all. I don't have anything marked for this one. This is the one where I'm still not sure. I mean, my gut just tells me to go to Austin Butler just because the Academy loves um, a biopic role and they love awarding people that can like seamlessly transition into another person. And Austin Butler was so good at Elvis. Like I was mind blown to be honest, but I also think it should be Colin Farrell. That's what it's saying in my gut is Colin Farrell. I think he deserves it the most. Um, the movie was so good, but then, yeah, your guy, Brennan Fraser, you love him. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know what to do. What are you thinking? So if you had to do a, Winner you want versus a winner you think an actual prediction. You're saying you want Colin Farrell. I want Colin Farrell, yes. But you think, pick one. You got to pick. Who's I think actually it, taking the award? I think it is Austin Butler. Oh. I know. Well, if anything, like, uh, was it the Rami Malik year? That taught me anything. Just go with the biopic. Yeah, I don't think the Rami Malik year had the Brendan Fraser or Colin Farrell. I think it did. Yeah, Rami Malek won over Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born, Christian Bale in Vice, Viggo Mortensen in Green Book, and Willem Dafoe. And it should have been... Cooper? Yeah, Cooper. It should have absolutely been Cooper that year. Yeah, I I guess. Now I'm looking back many years. But I think Rami did a good job. I don't know. None of those are... Yeah, I guess you're right. It just feels similar to me slightly. I do think it should be Colin Farrell to win. I'm picking Brendan. Brendan Fraser, I was going to say Elvis, but you know, I, oh no, I, re- I kind of, my heart, my mind is thinking that Austin so Butler is who, winning So this. who do you want to win? Brendan. Who do I want to win? I kind of think Colin Farrell also, but I just, I don't think he's, I don't think he's in the running. I just thought he was so good waffling between funny and sad and serious. I've said it uh, every time we've talked about this. I mean, he's great in everything he does. Yeah. yeah this was a stand. So though. who do you think will win? So that's who you're waffling Brendan in Austin. Yeah. Before the SAGs, I thought it was an easy Austin Butler. And then Brendan Fraser won the SAGs. I'm going to go with him. You're going with Brendan? Yeah. I don't know what to do. Not the ingenue. The ingenue can stay and probably never get nominated for anything ever again. I know. That's that's the thing. I don't know if he'll be nominated again. I mean, I don't know. Proof is wrong, I guess. But Brendan Fraser, he's got the story. He's got the comeback he was super famous and then kind of, I mean, he was working, absolutely, but just not at the same level. And then, uh, you know, a very popular filmmaker singled him out, saying, yeah. let's do this. And he made something, I mean, yes, a little over the top, a little overactory, but I really liked it. And yeah. he did a great job. So I'm doing it. I'm picking it. Fraser, get out of here, Austin Butler. I do have to say, out of everyone that's nominated here in this category, I do think Colin Farrell and Paul Mescal will be nominated again in the future. I mean, maybe the others will also. I'm sure Bill Nye will be, and maybe Brendan Fraser. But like my two absolute shores that will be nominated are Colin Farrell and, and Paul Mescal. I'd actually say Paul Mescal more. Colin Farrell, not that he's old, but he's getting there. And there's only so many things. I think Paul Mescal, actually, we were talking about an ingenue, and Austin Butler's beautiful looking. Uh, Paul Mescal, I think people like, they think he's handsome also. But yeah, I think Paul Mescal has a much brighter future than Austin Butler. 
I, I think agree Austin with Butler that. got a little lucky with this, and he did a great job. Yeah. Well, he was just the perfect role for him. Yeah. But Paul Mescal is kind of on the way up, like a normal career goes. Yeah. Slowly but surely, you build and build and build, and then he'll be in bigger things. You'll be like, wow, look at this guy. We yeah. I think Paul Mescal will get an Oscar eventually. I also do think Colin Farrell will get an Oscar eventually. Like, I do think, like, similar to Leo, he'll probably get an Oscar later down the road for a role that maybe is not as good. Yeah, we got to get Martin Scorsese to stay alive and build some sort of Irish <laughs> gangster movie that just yeah. slays and Colin Farrell's in it. Okay, so to recap, you're going with Brendan Fraser. I'm taking Brendan Fraser. He's going to be a weeping mess on the stage. Yeah, he will be. And next... Best Actress in a Leading Role. The nominees are Kate Blanchett from Tar, Anna de Armas from Blonde, Andrea Riseborough from Two Leslie, Michelle Williams from The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. This is Irma's big moment. She's been waiting months to talk about this. Are you my inner dialogue? The clear race has been between Kate Blanchett from Tar and Michelle Yeoh from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think and want Michelle Yeoh to win. I think she deserves it. Kate Blanchett already has two Oscars. Not that that really means anything here, but I just think Michelle Yeoh deserves this. It's an interesting conversation on the deserves and wants and Kate Blanchett already has two. In theory, that shouldn't matter, right? But we've talked a lot about all of this, about anointing and supporting careers and celebrating the humans. Because ultimately, yes, we're celebrating the art, but these are all humans. So it actually is interesting that we take that into account. It's kind of nice. You know, we're not, they're not just paint. They're people. And we're like, listen, Michelle Yeoh's been doing this for so long. Let's celebrate her. And Kate Blanchett is fantastic. Always. 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 Incredible. And so is Michelle Yeoh, honestly. She's always so good. It's also interesting for these two roles in these two movies. These are both pretty small movies. And they were made for these actresses. And I don't think these movies get made without these actresses. Both stories. Todd Field wrote the movie for Kate Blanchett, knowing that she would play it basically the whole time. Maybe his movie gets made anyway, because I know he's... Again, I keep saying he makes a movie every, once a decade, but they've been celebrated in the past. The Daniels, I think if they don't get Michelle Yeoh to sign on, I don't know what happens to this movie. Because she was number one, I think, that signed on and that it all really started getting rolling. Without her and being like, well, this screenplay is crazy. And they can be like, well, we have Michelle Yeoh. And she'll be like, yeah, yeah, okay, keep going. Yeah, that's true. It's interesting. Both movies, people really like Kate Blanchett. I know. I'm not saying she's not great. Another thought I had was everything everywhere all at once seems to be this weird, young, cool, hip, new movie that the cool people are getting behind. So it wins the indie spirits and it wins the critics choice, but it loses the older people. We think all oh, the old fogies are not going to vote for this movie because they're too old fashioned or this performance. But Tar is really weird also. Tar is almost more hip and critic-focused and winking at critics and wanting their attention well, than everything everywhere is. more about art and what art does to a person and how if we let it take over, how it will kind of ruin our lives in a way. 
And it's almost like an indictment on the industry. So I don't know. Maybe they won't want to root for it. True. Yeah. Do we have do we have our our small tar conversation? We never really talked about tar. We're already talking about it. <laughs> okay. Just some quick thoughts. Tar is a very interesting movie. I think it's clear that both of us really like everything everywhere all at once. We're excited to see it win the next award. Tar, a lot of people, it's their favorite movie of the year by a significant margin, actually. Well, I feel like a lot of like film people really love it. Yeah. And they're saying when we look back, this will be the standout of the year. It is certainly brings up a lot of interesting topics. It is kind of on its face value. It's a Me Too movie. It might yes. be the de facto Me Too move movie when it's all said and done. A lot of the other ones are much more on the nose or about real people. So then it's, it's not as much art. It's more documentary, like uh, she said. I don't know if we need a de facto Me Too movie. It's certainly interesting, but I felt most interested about Tar was what you were just saying. It's comments on art and what is art and who are the people that are making art. I think it's no mistake that he made the main character a conductor. Yes, absolutely. I've heard an interview that he was doing, he was asked to do a story about a conductor, a real life conductor or something. He was writing something. And that kind of got him down this path of being interested by, by the world of conductors. But there's no way to not see that conductors are very similar to a lot of directors. Or he's kind of making this comment of like, what exactly does a conductor do? They didn't write the music. They're not playing the music. So they didn't write the movies. They're not acting the movies. Most of them aren't shooting the movies. In his case, he is writing it. So his case is different, but I couldn't help but thinking like there's a direct correlation here between conducting and making movies. And the moral that came out of it for me was that all of it's bullshit. Yeah. Literally everything we're celebrating right now, we spent an hour talking about it and we're giving awards out to these people for it. And he's looking me in the face and going, this is bullshit. At least that's what I took from it. What I think is very interesting about Tar is he doesn't make any of it obvious. He, he asks questions. He doesn't yeah. answer anything. And then the song at the end, it's all about this beautiful classical music. And then the song over the credits is, is this electro pop bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. Like that hit me in the face. I was like, oh, so you just spent two and a half hours telling me how important this is. But you know it's not important. Yeah. Which is really interesting. The movie. Well, it's only important because you yourself think it's important. You know what I mean? Like the person doing yeah. directing thinks like, oh, the I am the most important person here. And so I deserve all of this. And I deserve for you to listen to me. And that's kind of what it's about. And then like her taking advantage of these people who have to follow her, essentially. I mean, the more I think about it and talk about it, I think I did like it more than what I initially did i do think it deserves a a rewatch now like seeing all these underlining meanings how about the theory that the last like 15 minutes is a dream i don't know yeah i would have to i'd have to watch it again just to really get that similar to the theory that tom cruise is dead the entire time of maverick that i do subscribe to but anyway i think we're both picking no i don't this is another one that i'm not so sure Let's go with Michelle Yeoh. Kate Blanchett. People really do love her. But yeah, I want Michelle Yeoh to win. So that's who I'm picking. I'm going to say Kate Blanchett wins (gasps) and apologizes to Michelle Yeoh. No. Says, I don't deserve to be up here. Michelle, you're so beautiful. That's my official selection. That's exactly what's going to happen. 
So you're putting Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. You just switched it. I did. Okay. And finally, best picture of the year at the Academy Awards. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. I mean, I think it has to be Everything Everywhere All at Once. I really don't think that there's like another option here. I agree. I think it's become very, very clear. Yeah. That is everything, everywhere, all at once is winning. It's uh, interesting that all of these preliminary awards make it that obvious. Sometimes it's kind of annoying. In this case, I think we've said it a bunch of times, we're celebrating a really weird, really cool movie. And I'm totally fine with that. When that happened with Green Book and such, I thought Green Book was good, but it wasn't like, we weren't celebrating it. You know, we weren't happy People for People were the- pissed that Green yeah. Book won. No, I think this is great. I mean, is this my favorite movie of the year? It honestly might be. You know, like, I think it was great. I also love Top Gun Maverick. That was a fun movie. Do I think it deserves to win? Probably not. I don't know. I'm very excited for Everything Everywhere all at once. I'm excited for them all to get on stage and celebrate. And I think they deserve it. And I do think that they will go on to bigger things. And I'm not scared. I, and I think they will still do like these small, weird movies. They'll just have more freedom to do it. Yeah. Well, the fact that you just looked at their IMDb and they don't already have yeah. the next five projects. They're just basking in this. They're taking their time. They're doing campaigning, obviously. Sometimes when this happens, especially with actors and such, they've got so much to go. They've already been cast in Marvel and they've just got the next five years mapped out and they don't seem to. I'm sure they have ideas, hopefully. I know. Well, movies take a long time to make. So that's what makes me like question a little bit, because when do you think the next time we're going to see something from them is like at least two years? I mean, unless they already have a couple scripts written and they don't have and they're not like in production yet. But it takes a long time to make a movie. Yeah. Everything Everywhere All at Once came out in 2022. Obviously, they've done some directing with Aquafina. They directed some of the television show Legion, but Swiss Army Man, which I keep coming back to, came out in 2016. So that was six, a six-year gap between their movies. Yeah. I can't imagine that'll happen again because I don't think the next one will be as hard to make for them financially and name-wise as this one. But yeah, at least, at least two years, if not more. But that's fine. You don't want to push it out too fast. And like we've hinted at, I think the only potential spoiler... And at this point, I know I I joked about it a little bit. I don't think it's realistic anymore, but Elvis could sneak in there, especially with preferential ballots. I don't know if if a lot of people just didn't turned on everything everywhere and just didn't get it and they watched Elvis and they loved seeing Elvis and it was a fun time for them and they have everything everywhere kind of low on their preferential ballot. I mean, do you understand what a preferential ballot is? Because I don't. Yeah, I it doesn't you, make any you sense. You rank to me. all of the movies instead of just picking a winner, and then each rank has a certain score so associated with it. So that's, oh. let's say if there's a hundred people and fifty people put everything everywhere all at once number one, or fifty one, let's say, in the old system, everything everywhere wins best picture. It's their fa- it's fi- the majority's favorite mm. movie. In this case, if 30 other people put everything everywhere all at once, number 10, 
And those same people that put it number one put Elvis number three. And the same people that put everything everywhere 10 put Elvis number one. Elvis has more points. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that's what it was. Okay. Because people always say like, oh, things cancel each other out. And I'm always like, I don't understand how that works, but okay. Yeah, I think for Best Picture, that's no longer really a thing. Because okay. you, can, you, you could put everything everywhere all at once, Avatar number two, and Top Gun number three. So it's there. Yes, you're putting one over the other, but it's no longer like you're picking between Avatar and Top Gun if you're mm. committed to giving the big movies the win. I see. I think with the everything else, I think is still just... I'm voting for Cape Blanchett, and that's my pick. So the big winners of the night, we will be celebrating everything, everywhere, all at once. We saw it at the Williamsburg Theater. We heard it was a hot indie hit. We walked out of it excited. But that is it. We've done all of our predictions. We will obviously be watching live on Sunday night. I will be live tweeting about it. Follow us on Twitter at Talk Intent. I will also be live tweeting the red carpet if anyone wants to follow along. And then after the Oscars on Sunday night, we're going to hop back on and just give our reactions. How wrong were we? How right were we? I think we're going to be doing pretty good even though the actors and actresses we split. So one of us is definitely going to be right. I think it's going to be Irma, honestly. That's what I said. I think she she took the the better choices. But we will see and we will discuss it any shockers, if any very famous comedian gets slapped in the face, oh, shit. we will be definitely talking about that. Hopefully it doesn't happen. We'll probably talk. I'm excited for Jimmy well, to be back. Do you think Will Smith will be there? Because normally, no, well, no, no, no. normally the best actor gives the best actress the nah, he's award. He's no, banned. I know. But like, how are they going to do that? How are they going to do that? It's going to be really obvious that like he's not there. It should oh, be Chris gosh. Rock. That would be very funny. That would be uh, funny. Maybe oh, they'll no. just do the year before. And just have him come back again, whoever Wasn't that was. Wasn't that what, what's his name? Anthony Hopkins. Well, he's not coming either. I know, he's not coming <laughs> so either. That's what I'm saying. Gonna, nah, whatever. It'll we'll be, that'll be out. interesting. We'll talk about it on Sunday. Yeah. And anything that happens, I'm excited for Jimmy to be, Jimmy to be back. Jiminy. Uh, it's, been, it's been since the <laughs> La La Land fiasco. Then they didn't have a host for a while. Then they used Wanda I Sykes. I think they and, need a host. Yeah, yeah I'm excited for him. And I hope Ariana DeBose is back singing an amazing song that we can all um, sing along with. With our luck, she'll have Lin Manuel rap along with her. <laughs> yeah, and it'll just be another one of those. Even though yeah. I, I like Lin Manuel, he's just he got overexposed. Yeah, for a while. Totally unrelated, but yeah, <laughs> I, I can't imagine she's gonna want to put herself through that again. I mean, hey, I think people are embracing it at this point. People love it. I love it. Like I, I think it's awesome. Maybe Jimmy Go Kimmel will do it. As oh a my bit. gosh, I hope Sal. so. Oh my gosh, it'd be so funny. Anyway, I'm excited. So we will see you right after the Oscars and I'll try and post it as fast as I can. Hopefully Craig can edit it very quickly and we can get it up Sunday night. Again, please subscribe so you know exactly when that episode goes up. Two bonus episodes for the biggest night in Hollywood this week. Follow us on all the socials at Talk Intent, and email us if we missed anything, if you have thoughts, if you have your own prediction, feel free to fill out a ballot and send it to us at talkintent at gmail.com. So from our living room to yours, are you excited for the Oscars? Bye. Bye.